Hey, beautiful. This is Aminata Soul Plant Walker Firewoman, and I am the host of the Mother Tree Network, rooted in love, standing for justice. As we come up on Thanksgiving, I am so pleased to share with you this interview with Native leader Jennifer Falayan. In this episode, Jennifer and I talk about the Turtle Island origin story. We talk about how synchronicities emerged for her when she um, rooted in her body. And most importantly, we talked about um, how you can hold generational trauma, uh, historic trauma of a whole people, and still move with joy and lightness. So I do want to give you a trauma alert. There's a discussion, a short discussion of childhood sexual abuse in this episode. And um, I welcome you to come on in and get a feel for what it's like to spread your wings and have the courage to fly, which is Jennifer's book. See you on the other side. All right, my sister. (laughs) So, um, Jennifer, um, I, I thought we could start off by asking you, what's something that is inspiring you right now? Something or someone who is inspiring you right now? Wow. <laughs> by the way, everybody, I didn't give Jennifer a list of questions ahead of time. So this is really, so this is really a free flow conversation. So, and you know, Jennifer, there are no wrong answers. I just want to know what's happening. What's making you feel good, good in your body, good in your emotions or good about, you know, anything. Well, I felt good for moving. It reminds me in high school, I used to um, get all those sweat into the oldies with Richard Simmons and that I had like the little step thing. And uh, I remember getting up like I would try to get up super early before high school and do my little stepper with Richard Simmons. So I don't know why that popped in my head, but <laughs> he was always so happy and that kind of stuff. And I'm I'm feeling like each day um, I'm just very grateful to be in the space that I am. And um, I'm preparing. I leave Wednesday for South Africa. And um, this has been like a really huge undertaking that I've taken on. Um, Just a little bit about me real quick. I'm Cherokee, Pueblo, and Aztec. So happy Native American Heritage Month. Um, I serve on the board of directors of the Baltimore American Indian Center. I live in the Baltimore area, which is the lands of the Piscataway and Susquehanna. And my group, Indigenous Strong, got Indigenous People's Day passed for Baltimore City last year. So this year was our first official celebration. Um, wait, wait, wait. wait. We gotta, let's not pass over that. This year yeah. was the first official celebration of Indigenous People's Day. Woo-hoo! Yes. I know Philly also celebrated their first day. So if you're in the Philly area, yay, Philly. <laughs> So it's been a, a a long road, but I'm feeling happy uh, today. <laughs> mm. Jennifer, um, you know, thank you for identifying the land that you're on. You said it was Piscataway and Susquehanna people? Yes. Susquehanna land, yeah. So thank you for identifying that. And let me ask you this. Um, how... <laughs> How important is it to you to know and to say out loud whose land you're on? 
it's important, not just for me, but also when we come into other spaces and our allies also recognize the land we're on. I think um, many of my peoples and my peoples are from where Pat is right now in New Mexico. <laughs> That's where the Pueblo side is from. My dad's family's from New Mexico and my mom is from California. But I think it goes to help repair the long erasure of Native American people and mm. that invisibility. Um, even mm. here in Baltimore City, when we were advocating for Indigenous Peoples Day, people were shocked. Like, what? There's Indians in Baltimore? <laughs> like, yeah, we're still here. <laughs> we didn't go away. But oftentimes, Indians or Native peoples or First Nation peoples are it's like a historical context, like that was in history way long ago. And um, people don't realize that there is a big still indigenous populations across the Americas. Yeah. And I, I just want to notice that when you, when you talk about the erasure, um, you know, that I just want to say out loud that I did feel sadness, you know, and I noticed the sadness in your voice. Um, so I just want to like, uh, give space for that, you know? Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> hmm. The heart is big enough to hold sadness, you know? <sighs> hmm. And Jennifer, when you say the names of those people, is the Piscataway, the Susquehanna, you know, uh, for you, like, do you notice or you talk about Pueblo? I just wonder, do you notice anything in your body? Like, does anything happen for you when you say those words or say your heritage, you know, out loud? Um, I feel connected because. I personally know people. So when I say Piscataway, I think of the people that I actually know, like Gabby and Peter. Um, right now, the Piscataway um, with Biden just signing the new um, national recognition of Native American Heritage Month. Um, the Piscataway were posting some different things on Facebook. So they live in Southern Maryland and D.C. So it just brings to mind friends that I know. When I say Pueblo, it reminds me of New Mexico. And so although I haven't been back to New Mexico in many years, um, I just think of the people that I've met along my journey. And so it makes me feel proud. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Makes you feel proud. Hmm. I just feel like there's something for us, for those of us who don't have indigenous heritage. Um. You know, there's just something for us there about knowing names of who the land belonged to, but also connecting it to people. Mm-hmm. You know. And um, so thank you for just for that little gentle modeling you just did for us. 
Yes, and I'd invite people to turn your cameras on because for me, <laughs> I don't want you to be invisible, but I understand if that's not comfortable for you. But as I'm looking out, I like to see people. I like to connect with people and see all your beautiful faces. So <laughs> I'm like, who am I talking to? Am I alone out here? <laughs> hey, Pat. No. <laughs> Thank you. Michelle, Mary. Thank you. <laughs> Marsha. <laughs> no problem. I totally get it if you have to eat lunch and stuff. <laughs> Mm, thank you, Jennifer. I love that. I love that you just made that request. Thank you. Anything? What else do you want? <laughs> well, <no. laughs> yes, why not? We have like 40 people here who can like. Uh... Well, first, I just want to acknowledge everyone for coming on the call and doing a walk. Uh, I myself it's sort of like, yeah, I know I should be walking and moving, but do I really have to? And um, like the other uh, person was saying, I just like, okay, well, let me just do it. Let me just try something different. And it really does, you know, be able to connect in my body, get the juices flowing. Oftentimes um, I get stuck in my head or in work mode, like, oh, this isn't serious. I got to work. I need to answer an email. <laughs> but I'm really enjoying, like, just taking the time for ourselves. So I just acknowledge everybody on the call for taking that time and, you know, challenging us to move. That was really cool. And um, Trinette's on the call. That's, this is something that Trinette had challenged me earlier in the year. She's my mentor through Racial Justice from the Heart Program. And I noticed that when you talk about getting into the heart, like I thought that I was pretty like compassionate and all that good stuff, but I realized that I was often stuck in my head and feeling disconnected. So that's why, like I said, connection is really important and I have to actively work at connection. So realizing that I'm not always in my body, I'm not always checking in has been a real learning lesson this year. And as I've been checking in and getting more um, connected, I found that a lot of synchronicities were happening. And one of the big synchronicities um, that I briefly mentioned is that I met someone and was just chit-chatting about my story and getting to know them. And they are an organizer of an international conference. And this year it's in South Africa. So she asked me to be the keynote speaker from Turtle Island um, over in South Africa. It's a conference for artists who are committed to social transformation. And so I'm really honored to be going. I'll be telling my story and leading a workshop called Spread Your Wings, The Courage to Fly. It's a program I wrote a few years ago that explores the life cycle of a butterfly. And we work uh, with music, dance, art, drama, and I highlight indigenous arts because, again, like I said, oftentimes um, African, Native American, Polynesian arts have gone invisible in the universities or in what's considered like when you're studying art and art history and all that good stuff. Um, so I'm bringing that to the table. And so I'm really excited to have that opportunity and to um you know, I could say a little bit more about it in a little bit, but uh, that's where my focus has been. Um, and to be an ambassador for my people and also just 
these great ideas is really like tremendous. Um, the first, sorry, and I'll be giving the keynote at Constitution Hill, which is a historic site that used to be a former prison where Mandela and Gandhi and other people are. So I'm just really been reflecting on all of this great stuff <laughs> and knowing that sometimes then you have to come back to that, that point, like you said in the beginning, the tree, the roots, you know, starting about where we're from. I know a lot of people on this call have probably been on different journeys yourselves in terms of like, what are my roots and what's connecting me and how do I stay rooted, but yet expand out into this rich, vast world of possibilities. <laughs> okay. So now I got to follow dive in there. So, first <laughs> <of> all, <laughs> so you said you just have me talking to someone and, and from a single conversation, she's like, will you be our keynote? I mean, how does that happen? Synchronicity. I happen to be wearing my little butterfly earrings that day. And um, it comes from being open, like just being curious about people. Um, and it was actually that day we had uh, um, gone to a, another festival, met another woman who's an intuitive artist. She happens to be coming on my team as an ambassador I failed to mention, once I got invited to be a keynote speaker, I invited people that I knew in the community to help co-create this program. So I could have been like, yay, I'm a keynote speaker, go to Africa. But I felt a need to connect with the awesome community that I know. So I have a team of eight ambassadors. We're traveling um, to South Africa. Uh, we have um, Indigenous, First Nation women and then I have a couple of Kenyan guys who are on my team and so it's been like I said I'm stepping up into this big role and holding this huge space that I've never held before and that confidence has come from the simple little steps of connecting and doing the hard work each day making myself like you said do a little mile walk like oh my goodness so yes um, without a long drawn out story, I met um, Kim Poole, who's founded this organization called Teaching Artist Institute in 2015 and has held conferences across Africa, like Uganda, Tanzania, Gambia, connecting international people with local artists. And we're going to be doing some local projects there. I just met with um, the other presenters uh, yesterday. So, so many awesome things we're going to be connecting with ladies that have, are survivors of domestic violence with oh, youth. Jennifer, mm -hmm. I, I, I want to pop in here. No problem. <laughs> so much. Okay. So you had that synchronistic moment where this woman's like, la, la, la. Oh my gosh. Will you be our keynote? And, um, and you said yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, that you were going to be the ambassador from Turtle Island. Yes to make this historic connection with yes. indigenous people. And, um, um, and you, you have all that water on your body today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you're going to be crossing the oceans. Yes. So I, I guess I just wonder, um, you know, uh, I don't know something about saying yes, Jennifer, like it takes confidence to say yes. Yes. What I found, and it was funny on my um, timeline, you know how memories pop up. And so like a few years ago, um, I had 
ran an initiative to sponsor 50 chemo care packages. I was working at Johns Hopkins at the time, and it cost about 20 bucks for each care package. And so I made a commitment. I said, I will raise 50 chemo care packages. Wasn't sure how I was going to do it. And I was rewatching this video where I talk about I had only maybe raised enough for 25 bags by that weekend. And I talk about how your word activates something, um, taking action activates something. So I did meet my goal of the 50 chemo care packages. And I was just reflecting because now I'm very close to my goal of sponsoring my team. However, um, it was like a tremendous thing, like raising forty to sixty thousand dollars. I think I've raised um about twenty five or something. We have about ten thousand more to go. So it's like when you're swimming in the ocean, you've come so far, but you're not there yet. And then you're looking over there like, oh man, I'm so tired. But you look at the starting point, like there's no way you're gonna go back to the starting point. So my friend said, Well, you just gotta keep swimming. <laughs> I was like, Okay, <laughs> like not really sure how this is all gonna play out, but Something about giving your word, activating it, having the intention, and then aligning your emotions with that. And the good way to align your emotions is like, do this little one-mile walk, listen to some good music, find something to laugh about, to keep in that, like, flow and all those hairy-fairy ideas. But I've been playing around with them. I was like, oh, this actually works. That law of attraction thing, check. (laughs) You know, (laughs) align your emotions, check. Okay, so it's like making a game of it. And just having fun. Jennifer. Uh, okay. So uh, I think we have a link. If you want to be a part of this journey from Turtle Island to South Africa, um, there's a link where you can give any amount that works for you. Um, and I just encourage you to give from the feeling of flow, mm-hmm. not from obligation, just from flow, whatever flows through you. So um, can you put it in the chat? Jennifer, for folks? Yes. Thank you. Um, and there's something about your story, Jennifer. I, I, I'll, I'll elaborate it on why you get to get it in the chat. What I hear from your story was you got this incredible invitation. You had the courage to say yes. And then you, you took it even further and you were like, well, I'm going to bring a team of people and I'm going to raise forty dollars to $60,000 so that the team can afford to go. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and here you are, you're somewhere in the journey, somewhere around 25 to whatever number it is that you are at. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you're just going to keep swimming. Yeah. I think I have about another 9,800 to go. So I've been like sending money over. We got the plane tickets and I told the organizer, I was like, I promise I've given my word. I know it's coming. <laughs> it's like, and just like having that balance of not freaking out because there is yes. no other option. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, don't freak out. Yeah. We're doing okay. this. So then, then I want to get to what you were saying about. So getting yourself together, mm-hmm. you know, so when you do take on something really good that you want to do, you know, kind of big, kind of challenging, getting yourself together. So you're in (laughs) alignment with that thing, right? Yes. And you have some joy with it rather than oppression from the big thing that you said you would do. You know, I'm just picking it up. I'm just picking up what you're laying down. No problem. uh, (laughs) Yeah. And um, I just love that. Holding it with some lightness, you know, sharing it with people, letting them encourage you. 
you know, um, that's just really beautiful. I just want to say to you, um, not just keep swimming, but just keep allowing, just keep allowing that to come in. Mm-hmm. Keep, you know? Yeah. It's funny you mentioned water because that's going to be a big thing in my keynote. And um, I've been trying to shape that up. Um, Jamie, who you know, who's also, um, she was my buddy in Racial Justice from the Heart. She's another one of my ambassadors. <laughs> She's helping me direct and shape because I want the keynote to be an immersive experience, not like, hi, I'm giving a speech. Um, so we're going to have dance and music and honoring. And then uh, Rain will tell the origin of what Turtle Island is. And for those that don't know, Often um, our indigenous community refers to where we're from as Turtle Island, because in many of our creation stories, the earth was formed on the back of a turtle. And also when you look at the Americas, like Canada, North America, and part of uh, Mexico, it looks like a turtle. So there's different variations of the origin of the turtle story, but one is um, there was uh, a need to have like this dirt from deep in the sea to be able to create um, the earth on the back of the turtle. None of the other animals were able to um, retrieve that piece of soil, but the muskrat was very determined. And although the other animals would make fun of the muskrat, he was very determined. He went deep, deep into the sea. He got the little bunch of oil, I mean, uh, earth and he brought it to the turtle, but in that effort, he lost his life. So he sacrificed his life to bring this last element to create the earth. And um, so we're going to tell that story and, you know, have people consider like, you know, our uniqueness and what we have to offer. Um, and I just want to say, because I know there's a lot of people on the call, even though I'm happy and confident and it may look easy. It comes from knowing, like, all the stuff of where we come from. And especially as we're considering Native American Heritage Month, oftentimes it's the balance of how do we heal ourselves? How do we go forward? And as I'm unpacking my own little traumas and then seeing how it's connected to generational trauma and, you know, all the horrible things that are going on with finding our children and the grave sites and, you know, just different things. You know, as um, especially African indigenous people, we often are thinking a lot about this. How do you take that atrocities and that heaviness and yet still within yourself um, be light and joyful and abundant and happy? So that's been a journey for me to be at this point. So I want to share that with others, you know, going over there. Yeah. And Jennifer, I know something that you share publicly and and I share publicly, um, maybe to a lesser extent than you, (laughs) but um, you've talked about growing up in foster care or, you know, spending, you know, the, your you know, your last years of childhood and foster care and family trauma, you know, you shared those details with people. And, and I also grew up in foster care. And so I just want to say out loud to anybody who grew up in a very difficult family circumstance, you know, um, yeah, you obviously you're not alone, you know, um, 
And um, yeah, and Jennifer, uh, Jennifer's work of, what is it called, Jennifer, about the butterfly spreading or something? Uh, spread your wings, the courage to fly. Yeah, that's like a program you have to help people go through their personal journey, right? Yes, it's a personal journey and it's also connected to everything. So, for example, in the first stage where you're, you have the, um, the birth of the seed, you also have the roots. So in that first day workshop, we explore our ancestors, our roots, where we've come from, and at the same time, the innocence. Um, and then we work through that cycle. Yeah. Can you pause, yeah, pause it for a moment, Jennifer, because right in that, that what you just said is a paradox. Mm-hmm. You work from the innocence, the newness, and the historical, the ancestors, the roots. Yeah. I just want to say that out loud because sometimes I feel like we want things to be one way or the other. Yeah. Or somehow, you know what I'm talking about? But truth is often exactly that paradoxical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, girl, go for it. What else you want to say about it? Yeah. And um, in this co-creation, so that first day, we're going to have some different um, workshops. So my one ambassador, Raisa, she's registered uh, tribal member of the Lumbee from North Carolina. She's traveling with me and she'll be offering a ribbon skirt uh, workshop. And in the ribbon skirt workshop, she'll talk about how our clothing, how we adorn ourselves, some of the um, historical uh, exchanges of ribbons and clothing from different settlers, how that, how we as indigenous people incorporated it into our clothing. Ribbon skirts are very sacred. We often wear them to ceremony. There's different uh, meanings behind the ribbon skirts. So I'm really excited just like in that aspect, like, yay, ribbon skirt workshop. <laughs> and one of the people we met in South Africa that's going to be part of the keynote speakers um, she's on the call and she's a survivor of domestic violence. And she was talking about how uh, she just recently lost her tooth and the pain and all this kind of stuff. And in her particular African tribe, um, she wasn't allowed to remove the tooth at the time that the trauma happened. So anyway, she's part of this group of women who are survivors and Raisa and her started to talk. And so that group of women We're going to work specifically with them, making beautiful ribbon skirts, telling our stories. Oftentimes on the ribbon skirts, we put applique. Um, We maybe put elements or animals or different things that we're feeling. So it's similar to like the African-American quilting traditions and Hawaiian quilting traditions that handicrafts and women's work were oftentimes a time for bringing the women together and telling secret messages and stories within our clothing. So I'm really excited about, um, you know, working with other survivors. Yeah. Yeah. Working with other survivors. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Let's take a breath. Hmm. <laughs> Mm. 
Cucu! La day! Cucu! La day! La day! La day! I'm looking at Mary Lynn's little profile picture, her little doggy. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a cute little doggy. <laughs> oh, there <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <now> he is. <laughs> yeah. I'm all knocked out. But yeah, um, as I was saying, when you mentioned foster care and again, as I've unpacked, so, um, you know, I'm a survivor of rape and incest, and I graduated from foster care. Um, as far back as I remember, um, it was four, I was four years old. So I've always had that memory of some abuse happening. And it wasn't just my father, but eight other people in the neighborhood. And um, if anybody's experienced that trauma, you know, I just want to let you know, um, you know, you are seen, you are heard, you're not alone. And to take care of yourself in this moment. Um, and I want you to know that I'm okay. You know, I've worked through a lot of things. So um, to not be sad for me per se. <laughs> but I just wanted to share that with you. And, you know, just and then I think the hardest part was I, well, I lived in foster care from age 14 to 18. So I became very good at um conditional love so if you get good grades or you know you please the parents and you get the little check marks and the um the praise uh you were good but it was difficult because I wasn't allowed to really express myself like my indigenous culture I lived with a white um retired military family so very loving people I mean they did you know all the right things. My first family kind of treated me like a dishwasher, but <laughs> the second family was a lot better. Uh, but it was very structured. So as an adult, without like having a structure or kind of like navigating how to make decisions, like buying a car, how to manage my student loans, um, then I was married. I found it very difficult um, because I was like, kind of always asking permission to do stuff. So I feel happier now that I've worked through all the like codependent and depression, anxiety. Um, and I don't mean to make light of it, but it was, I feel a lot lighter now. And for whatever stage that people may be on their journey of um, untangling that, again, I just want to say you're not alone. Oftentimes I've felt so alone and it's, even Monday, um, not this Monday, last Monday, I was uh, having anxiety about the trip. Like, oh, my goodness, who did I think I was? Like, <laughs> organizing all these ambassadors, my whole team's counting on me. Will I bring the money in? How are we going to get supplies? Um, so all those worries and doubts, um, you know, I had to cry it out, have my little anxiety kind of thing, but then get right back up. And so... Um, there's tools that we can learn along the way uh, to do that. Yes. Thank you for um, 
for just letting us know, saying everything that you just said out loud, Jennifer. I appreciate it. I appreciate you saying that um, people don't have to feel sorry for you or worry about you. You know, I, cause I heard you say I'm perfect. <laughs> you did. Um, okay. so, you're perfect. You're perfect. Yes. Right. Exactly. You can all be perfect. It doesn't have to only be one of us. I know. <laughs> and I want to, um, because we only have a couple more minutes, I want to lift up something because just what you're talking about, you know, so, you know, a, a family and your personal family, you know, history. And then, of course, the history of Native peoples, of Pueblo, of your mama's people, you know, so like you said, right. So some of us are walking with these heritages of a lot of trauma, probably many, many, many of us, meaning, you know, on this call. Right. Um so I was talking to this tree yesterday or two days ago, beautiful, uh, very green, um, evergreen of some sort, wasn't white pine. And everything else is, is kind of drying because we're in fall in the Northeast. But this one was so green and um, looked a little young, you know. And so I said to it, wow, how can I be like you so mm-hmm. green and she said, um, she said, I don't hold the past. Mm. And I said, yeah, but what about your roots? Mm. I mean, you know, and she said, oh, that's how I give it to the earth to hold for me. Mm. So I've just been like um, meditating on that, Jennifer. Wow. You know, yeah, letting the earth hold more for us, mm. you know? One thing I've really enjoyed, um, I, I'm marketing, I'm a marketing coordinator at a Jewish organization. We're like a retreat center with an organic farm. So I've been really um, uh, participating in a lot of the different Jewish things happening over here. One thing I really love is that they have um, a holiday called Tu Bishvat, which is the um, birthday of the trees. And they really honor trees and the traditions. And there's um, some sort of saying, and I'm sorry, I'm not like a Bible uh, Old Testament person, but there's something in the Old Testament that says, like, you never harm a tree, like even at times of war, when you go into a place, you always protect the trees. Um mm-hmm. And I've been exploring that as I've looking at the trees, I've been drawing more trees and doing more artwork and exploring this whole theme of our roots. And even some trees, like they can grow on a split of a rock. It's like, how is that little tree in a, like a crack of a rock or a concrete? (laughs) It's still like, I'm going to grow. I'm beautiful. (laughs) So it's really powerful. And, um, There's some books like Braiding Sweetgrass, which is an indigenous book I recommend, Um, some other books of how trees communicate with each other. Like there's actually science behind all this. So I was really fascinated with Braiding Sweetgrass uh, to learn um, how the trees communicate underground and let each other know if there's a virus on one of the trees and all sorts of fun stuff. (laughs) Wow. So we are exactly at one o'clock. Um, by my computer time. So 
Um, I, I guess I want to have us close. First of all, I want to say thank you, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for showing up on planet Earth. Time to carry this message, to swim these waters. Just keep swimming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I want to say to everybody who came today, um, Jennifer, as I've said, is an amazing visual artist. And um, be on the lookout for a collaboration with Jennifer, between Jennifer and me and my daughter and who knows who else because she's an amazing artist. So Jennifer, do you want to give people a way to um, stay in touch with you? Um, yeah, we can sure. put the link in the chat for if you want to contribute, but also a website or something. Yes, um, I'm always on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, you can friend me, send me a message. Um, I can leave my email for people in the chat. Okay. And, uh, I'll be posting all sorts of updates and stuff throughout the trip. Good. So tell us your name on Facebook. Make yes. sure that. Well, my name on Facebook is Jennifer Falayan. I also post things on my YouTube channel. So it's all underneath my name. I've been holding uh, different conversations from Turtle Island. So if you go to YouTube, you can see some of the previous ones that I held where we have like little discussions and stuff. <laughs> All right. So if you want to stay in touch with Jennifer, there is a way to stay in touch. 